I think sex work is so diverse that you can really just do whatever the fuck you like, really. And if as long as you're straight up about it and you don't overpromise and underdeliver, then people are happy to to either be involved or not. podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Chelsea Heaney, and my guest today is a pro stripper, Dom, cam girl, and the host of the Stripper Stories podcast. Please welcome to the show, the magnificent Chloe. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for yeah, getting up early you. for me. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me on your amazing podcast. I'm uh, very privileged today, so thank you. No, we're privileged to have you. So, um, as everyone can probably tell from the list at the in that introduction, there you are a sex worker, uh, yeah. and and sex work is a is a very broad term. So I listed a few of the things at the start there, but what is it that you actually do? Well, now I work on cam, obviously because of COVID, uh, <laughs> working anywhere at the moment is a good thing so obviously the strip clubs are closed so I've stopped doing that um I've never escorted personally myself that's kind of one thing that I haven't really uh branched out into the sex like aspect of that but um that was just personally for me just didn't you know it didn't attract me to the job personally but I mean I've got a lot of escort friends and I mean fucking good for you if you can decompartmentalize your brain I'm like fuck that's a strip <laughs> fucking woman right there. Um, but yeah, at the moment I work on cam. It's pretty it's pretty sweet. I get to like work just via basically what we're doing now, just Skype, um, yeah. adult work, which is great. And I get to meet lots of cool people, lots of strange and wonderful people. But yeah, it's a good job to have in Corona. At least uh, you don't have to deal with the you know prospect of maybe getting a deadly disease. And we're not talking STIs. <laughs> we're no. talking like a fucking, you know what I mean? So yeah. So yeah, cam at the moment, which is nice. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you meet like a, a really wide variety of people doing particularly cam work, but just sex work in general? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like that's kind of one of the things that um, attracted me to the job initially, I think, because I'm very people person. I like to talk to new people all the time. And especially with sex, I'm fascinated with it. I think it's one of the most important things ever. I, all I do is think about sex I'm basically I hate to say like a dude but what you'd like perceive of like a yeah, man yeah, that's, stereotype. That, that's me I always had a sex like a high sex drive so yeah I meet I meet a lot of people with different types of kinks I mean things that like float my boat and things that absolutely do not so <laughs> I'm sure you kind of know what I mean like bestiality I'm like come on guys those poor animals like come yeah. on um, it's more more people are into it than you think, which is crazy. Um, yeah, you think of something, somebody's into it somewhere. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I've met like loads of people doing my job, and it's it like now I'm like podcasting about doing my job. I get to meet wonderful people like you. So it's just like a whole range of <laughs> muggles, sex workers. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. And do do people? inside the sex industry have a, a a different definition of what sex work is to muggles as you say um or is it sort of what what we think of as sex work is is sort of what sex workers also think of it well I guess that really depends on the person but um I mean the whole point of my podcast and I'm sure like 
of yours and of lots of other people's podcasts is to normalize sex work and the reason why we're doing that and to make it more of a kind of conversation fluid conversation between people because we don't talk about sex anyway let alone mm. sex work it is the oldest profession on the planet we've been selling sex since the dawn of time yeah. um and i feel like people really still don't see it for what it is whether it's muggles whether it's I mean, even the sex workers themselves, sometimes, you know, if you come into it as a newbie and want to dip your toe in the water, they have a preconceived notion about what it is to be a sex worker. You know, you only really kind of understand what it is when you're working in it, really. Um, or if you ask, you know, if you're a muggle and you actually are interested, just ask some questions. That's like educate yeah. yourself, books, you know, listen to some podcasts. Um, but I think it's different for everyone. And, you know, I, I think it... <laughs> it's like Chinese whispers if you hear a bad story about something happening it fucking spreads like wildfire yeah you know um so the sex work has got that bad rep hasn't it it's got that bad that kind of gloomy like oh if you're a sex worker you know you're easy or you know you you don't respect yourself or all these fucking ridiculous things or as yeah. a woman you know you know like dating a sex worker you could never take them home to your mother you know, they're not real yeah. people. They're just, you know, one big ball of sex running around. Can't be dealing with that. Like, that's not, we are not our jobs, you know? And I think yeah, um, that's a big, a big thing for me. So, yeah, I mean, it does depend on the person, but fingers crossed. It's 2021, guys. <laughs> it's 2021. We can do it. <laughs> Let's fucking move on from this shit. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get started in sex work? Um... Being a poor student, I don't know if that was actually that, but like I was doing a master's degree and I was spending so much money on this fucking stupid degree that now is completely useless, um, standard. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just like, I can't, living in the capital, like UK, in London, which is basically where I live, it's just so expensive. No one really tells you that yeah. to have a level of lifestyle, even just not living in a fucking crack flat is quite expensive. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I did a performance a performance degree and masters, so I thought, well, I've got a bit of dancing background. Why not try and dance around a pole? And I was like, it's a completely different medium altogether. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but um, I yeah, I did it, and I earned more money that night than I'd ever earned working in a bar. You know, as a student, you're yeah. like, what the fuck? So ever since then, I I kind of went back. Uh, it helped me pay off my degree, helped me pay off my masters. You know, it helped me sort my life out. And then obviously you meet people, you meet girls and you become this kind of like girl gang, girl club. And you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> it's just it's a nice job to be involved in if you're good at it. And if you're if you can really treat it like a job. I think one of the things that people don't say is that, you know, if you don't pay your taxes, you do get found out. And if you go to the club doing drugs or drinking or doing all those things that, you know, you do at a party it's not a party a strip club is a job and you have to take care of yourself and you have to go in with like a clear mind yeah. and make your money because you know it's very dog eat dog it's very bitchy and if you want to it's like with anything if you want to be good at it it's not just an easy job to have you know so I found found mm. myself you know being all right at it so that's why I stayed um and yeah it's just it's just given me I think a lot of experience and a lot of things and it's helped me like live a certain type of lifestyle living in the capital you know so um it was a really good job for me and I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that strip clubs are closed to be honest I'm like yeah. will they ever open again it's like theatres here you know no theatres are open nothing is open um yeah. I think the strip clubs will be the last ones to open so I don't know if I'll go back you know I think 
I don't know. I'm not sure if the the money will be there. I don't know if the you know the industry is going to ever pick back up. Like porn, you know, porn used to be great. Yeah. Now no one's getting paid from porn anymore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think the sex industry is is going. I mean, cam is better than ever because obviously everyone's at home, which is great. But I don't know about the strip clubs, which is kind of sad. In America, they're still open. They're doing drive-through stripping. I'm like, I've what? heard about this. What the drive-through f- stripping. That oh. sounds insane and amazing. Right? I'm like, what? why are we not doing this, London? Get the fuck, like, <laughs> you know, down with the kids. Let's do it. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. I mean, it just wouldn't happen down here, to be honest. Really annoying. Yeah. But America, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> lovely working there right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I introduced you as Chloe because you do um, stay anonymous. Um, can you talk about the, the choice to stay anonymous and why you do that? Yeah, it is a funny one. I mean, I've had this discussion with myself so much recently because it's kind of going against everything I'm saying. It's like, be proud of who you are. Be proud of your, your job. Your, you, you know, your job does not define you. And, um, and, basically fuck the trolls which is kind of um how how I genuinely feel however for me with the people I have on my podcast um because they're closely linked to me like my sisters my family or at least my close friends if I were to put my name out there the stories they share personally with me they're anonymous yeah um, and so it would kind of kind of dob them in people would figure it out and if yeah. they're talking about their first anal experience or whether they cheated on their boyfriend or not it's kind of a difficult situation where I'm putting so much on Instagram I'm putting myself out there um on the socials they don't want to have their asshole spoken about on the socials and when all their mums and dads are on there do you know what I mean yeah and people absolutely. find that through me so it's that's my that's my responsibility I think to stay anonymous so these people will come on my show and tell me their secrets because otherwise it just won't happen um mm. and everyone needs an outlet and I think if my podcast can be that then fucking great um it's it's not for me that I do it uh, it's for other people so I think it's, it's a good choice really for me personally yeah which which I think is an absolutely fair enough choice like you said you know you you want to have that anonymity for other people because even though you might be really happy with people knowing that you're a sex worker you know, not everybody is, is going to have that not necessarily as a sex worker, but they're different experiences. Um, so yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that. Yeah. It's a shame, but like, you can't, you know, it, it's not everybody's the same as you kind of thing. So I, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. that thing really. Absolutely. And do your, like, do the people in your life, your family and friends know what you do? Yeah, most of them do. Um, my parents know only recently did I tell them that I was a stripper they were like, how did you like live or how are you living? And I was, I just, you know, told them it was, it was a big deal for me. I mean, my my parents are very old fashioned. I went to a Catholic school. I had a very like strict religious upbringing. Um, Not because my parents are particularly religious themselves, but because of the best schools in our area were all Catholic. So it was almost Mm. like, you know, be devout, go to the best school. If you don't want to, you know, it's just a ridiculous thing. Mm. So um, I told them and they were totally chill with it. And they were just like, oh, that's just great. Yeah, it was super nice. And my mum was just like, tell me about your life. I feel like I don't know you. Tell me all of it. I'm like, right. So I did tell her and it was super chill. All my friends know. I mean, I've had some bad experiences with telling friends. Not Mm. every girl. And I'm going to say girl because it's only girls that have had the issue with it. I wonder why. But um, not every girl, but 
quite a lot of my girlfriends from uni they just were not about it I mean I I told them as I was going in doing my my uh, master's course I was thinking about dancing and one by one they were all just just didn't speak to me again and I was like right okay so that's the type of women you are fine I mean it's it's not for me to judge um and if if someone feels that way about you then you'd rather just know you know they're not absolutely you want to be yourself with your friends right so so I haven't had the best experience with everyone, but all my friends now know, and they're my friends. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. there's no yeah. secrets. Yeah, oh, that's, that's good. That's good. You must have been so relieved that your your parents like, because that seems like something you were nervous about telling them. So it would have been like a huge relief that they were on board. Yeah, you know what? Like you 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 almost like when it comes to old people, you like think, oh, they won't understand. You know, they're from a different era. Like, give them a chance. It's like. It's almost like when I get guys on the camp and they're like, my my wife won't be into this. I'm like, have you tried asking her? Yeah. You know, you talk to me about your crazy kinks. Don't just like think that she won't understand because it's too crazy. And I did the same thing with my parents. You know, I just assumed they weren't going to be down with it. And mm. people do surprise you. So, yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for real. Um, so you said before one of the things you enjoyed about uh, you enjoy about sex work is sort of getting to know people. What are the other aspects you enjoy? Like, is it the the performative side of things, those interactions that you get with people, or? Um, I think obviously the performance is great because I I did a, a like an acting masters to be an actor, you know, one of those serious degrees, and um, it and I was a ballet dancer for quite a long time. And so for me, it almost felt like I was still performing, even though it was a completely different thing altogether. So it was that that as well. And um, the social side of it was great. Also, the kind of the fact that we're all working in this very transparent world where, you know, people are just getting naked. You're, you're basically as naked as the day you were born. It's a very <laughs> vulnerable situation to be in. And to be working in that kind of environment late night with all these like it could be sleazy assholes could be nice assholes you never know mm. I think you do bond with people and you become quite um much more open and things just don't really like bother you as much I, I yeah. found myself my PC self just being like really hammered every day and it was quite um I don't know I think it was quite important it's definitely changed me as a person you know like, nothing can shock me you know, I feel like people <laughs> could literally talk to me about whatever they want. And I genuinely don't judge because I've heard it all. Like, and if yeah. I haven't heard it, I'm like, great, tell me more. Oh my God, exciting. Like, you love to cheat on your wife? Right. Why? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm judging you for being obsessed with cheating. Because, you know, that's that's his fucking call or her call. Mm. It's more like the, men- you know, the mental side of it that I'm fascinated by. And it doesn't really... Um, you know, obviously there's things that I, I will draw the line at, like age play and race play yeah. and bestiality and things like that, which just absolutely no go for me. There's no no good side of those sorts of things for me. Um, but most things, yeah. And it's, it's made me a much more open person. So that for me was like a big thing for this, uh, you know, about this job for me, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not much that would shock me anymore, to be honest. <laughs> which is great yeah that's awesome and is there is there like a feeling of community within sex workers or is it um sort of you sort of mentioned like dog eat dog before more in the stripper side of things like I think 
there is I think there is a community there um I think in the beginning when I first started out as a baby stripper I was you know you you are you are a bit of an outsider people are like going to see like what you're kind of made of it is very kind of zoo like mm. animalistic thing to go into it's like everybody's got their corner everyone's got their different groups it's like playground again you know it's like sussing out who your people are um and so I think if you move past that then you become and you stay in the job like anything people start to respect you a bit a bit more and they want to talk to you and actually find out about you and once you get past that stage it there is a community I wouldn't say for me personally I'm not speaking for every strip club I had the most open open welcome arms ever you know it is a bit bitchy like yeah. anything you know people don't want you coming and stepping on their toes and taking their money and taking their customers like it's a it's, it's quite a um you are competing you know at the end of the day yeah. it is a competitive job so like anything really um so yeah I think you do need to move past it but once you're there people are nice yeah it's just pushing past that and and (laughs) not letting people just like use you as a kind of punching bag not that people punched each other actually they Mm. they actually did at points but like you know standing up for yourself is a big thing too yeah you know knowing what you want to say no to and knowing what's consent and knowing what isn't obviously that's just basic but like if a girl pisses you off say don't be you know what I mean it's like taught me a lot of that as well yeah bitchiness never gets anyone anywhere just like straight up you know, down the road, just say it, say it how it is. That's also a big thing too. And people will respect you for it in the end of the day, you know? So yeah, yeah, there is a community. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you, have you ever like made friends or or stayed in contact with any of, of your clients as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, less now, obviously, because you can't see anyone. Um, but I had a, a sugar daddy, for like four years um wow that's a long time yeah I think I talk about it on like episode eight of my podcast talking about yeah I think it was a sugar daddy episode and basically talked about basically the only one I had and he Mm. ended up passing away from like cancer and like he had basically loads of health issues he was a lot older than me but um yeah he was super cool he taught me a lot and he was uh very much into like sex parties so I would like organize those for him um, I never had sex with the man, but like we were like it was almost like um, like we were like friends. It was that it was yeah. kind of because he he wanted someone to be open with his like sexual desires. Like he was really into trans women, and so you know I would I would almost like c- connect with the trans women. We'd we'll have like this this party, and then I would, like get them paid, and then when everyone would go, I was like his little secretary, which was kind <laughs> of which was quite cool actually for a while. And um, you know I got a monthly allowance, and it meant, made that I could you know do my own thing we went on holidays together he was super cool um and yeah and so he was a super he was a great friend of mine to be honest he was he was really great and I've had a few others that have been great as well um but you know when you don't have sex and money that sometimes there does come a line yeah and you know I'm not that was just not for me you know I feel like decompartmentalizing my brain there I if I start having sex and money personally for me I just be like what you know where is the line like where is the line there kind of thing like do I still enjoy it do I have to enjoy it every time do I fake it and it would just all become a mess so um that's why I ended up like not really staying in contact with all of my customers because it got to that point Mm. but my my sugar daddy he 
he couldn't get it up because he had prostate cancer so he couldn't have sex anyway so it was a perfect it was a perfect you know marriage for two people that was going to be one of my questions because you've talked about on other podcasts how how you don't have sex for money so I was Mm. sort of wondering how things like being a sugar baby or being a dom how those things can work Mm. without actually having sex yeah well that that was one reason as a sugar baby because he Mm. literally couldn't which was great so it's more companionship. And then as a dom, some, well, most doms do, even though they say they don't, they do have sex. <sighs> it's a big thing, Ugh, whatever. Um, but, you know, I I wouldn't take a lot of clients. I would only take certain types of clients. And mm. it would always be a point where they would touch themselves. I would, it was more like jerk off instruction. It was more that kind of thing. Yeah. And edging and stuff like that. It was, it was more like I'm good with my, my mouth, but it would be like words. <laughs> That's basically it. You know, I'm, that was the way I was able to be a dom and take jobs just because I've got a potty mouth. Um, <laughs> other women would rather get, ha- like get hands deep in it. And I'm like, great. Just yeah. not for me. You know, I think sex work is so diverse that you can really just do whatever the fuck you like, really. And if as long as you're straight up about it and you don't overpromise and underdeliver, then people are happy to to either be involved or not. Yeah. To be yeah. Very Great. cool. Um, I wanted to ask as well, like, uh, you know, you've obviously been exposed. We were talking about like all the different kings and stuff that you've you've like learned and heard about through your cam work and other things. Are there things that you have found that you enjoy that you don't think you would have found or or tried if you weren't a sex worker? That's a good one. Very good one. <laughs> um, I'm thinking maybe pegging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the mm, I'm naturally submissive as a person in life and with my partners like when I'm working, I'm naturally more dominant. Mm. Um, and so I feel like that kind of crossover of like work, Chloe, you know, has come into like my personal life. I'd be like, oh, I'd love to fuck you in the arse with a strap on. They'd be like, what? That's so unlike you. I just want to try it. I'm just like, oh, the kind of, I think the, um, the role, re- not role reversal, but the kind of flip, flipping it on its like head for me. Like, it, yeah. you know, that's kind of horny, kind of like that. But I don't think I would have really expressed that as much, I don't think, or at least wanted to try it. I mean, I'm actually down for a lot of things more than, you know, I'm not sure if I would just be like that anyway, because I was always quite highly sexed. So I don't know. Um, That's probably one that sticks out. Or if I wasn't a dancer, I wouldn't be doing striptease at home. I don't know if I had the confidence. I think when I first started, I was like, I was like, oh my God, how do you dance like that? Oh God, like <laughs> jiggly, jiggly in your face. I'm like, oh, um, but I think now that like, I'm a bit more confident in my own body and I'm not saying completely confident because I don't think anyone is completely confident. Everyone has their things that they're hung up on, no matter what they look like. Right. Um, and so for me, I think that's another thing, like putting on nice underwear and being able to just like put on a bit of music and like feel yourself, you know, and be a bit yeah. more down with yourself. Um, I think that's been something that I probably wouldn't have done before. Put on some heels in the house. I've been doing that quite a lot recently because obviously Corona, I'm like, when was the last time I wore heels? I need to practice. So I've been putting <laughs> them on, been putting my, putting my underwear on and strutting about like, yeah, yeah, probably that. 
there you go mm. it's so funny yeah. you mentioned the high heels so um i mention this all the time so people who've listened to an episode will probably know but um i broke my foot twice in a year in Ooh. 20 uh 19 oh my gosh <laughs> and, wow. um, and the first time I did it was I was walking in a pair of high heels and the floor was slippery and I slipped and so I'm quite terrified of wearing high heels again and um so I'm like I need to practice wearing high heels and somebody was like you should just wear them around the house but I never do because I just don't wear shoes in the house I just yeah. and so I just always forget about it but yeah so I should I should be doing what you're doing, putting on some high heels and running around the house. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like most of the time I'm in the house, I'm not stood up either. I'm like led about, I'm like flopped about. But exactly. like when you're cooking, you're stood up. So maybe Ooh. when you're cooking and trotting around the like kitchen and stood up doing things, maybe put your heels on then. That's a good idea. Because yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. Like normally I'm either like sitting at the table or lying on the couch. Like yeah, yeah, cooking, good me. time. Put some music That's on. That's a very good idea. Okay. Get your cook on. That's right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Honestly, I would be exactly the same. If I'd broken my foot from wearing heels, I would I would be like absolutely fucking not for a while. Bit of like post-traumatic stress, do you know what I mean? With those heels. Well, the hilarious thing is, so I broke it the first time and then, because I do musical theatre and when I broke it, I was rehearsing for a musical and I still did the musical but in the moon boot. Oh my God, which one? Which musical? Uh, Full Monty the musical. Yeah. Um, and then I came out of the moon boot and I did kinky boots in which I danced in high heels. Um, and then after kinky boots, I was on holiday with my sister and that's when I broke my foot for the second time. And so I think it's because I broke it the second time that I'm now scared of the high heels. But yeah, yeah I yeah. broke my foot and then did kinky boots, which I had to dance in high heels. Good for you, Batch. Good for you. Awesome. <laughs> 100%. That is vibe. Yeah. Um, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about sex work um, that you've found are not true? Oh, like all the ones I mentioned before, like, yeah, she's a whore. She's easy. She is her job. She, you know, she's no morals. She would do anything for money. She'll sell her grandma for two quid. Like literally people like, think we're, we're moralless. <laughs> is that the right word? We have no morals. <laughs> basically yeah. and um yeah fuck you basically that's all I would say I mean there's people out there who are doctors there's people out there who are I don't know saving the world from corona and I'm sure you know they have got bigger demons than some of the sex workers I know you know so I mean it just I think but you know it's always going to have that bad rep I think people will rap about it in their songs and they'll put it in movies and they'll glamorize the fuck out of the sex worker. But then when it comes down to being friends with one, people are like, Oh no, better not. She, you know, she'll steal my boyfriend or, Oh God, like yawn. I think like any job, you have a preconceived notion about Mm. what a person is capable of. And because it is sex, it's one of those things that is so taboo. And yeah. people don't want to talk about it. If you do that for a job, you're automatically like segregated, aren't you? You're automatically like, ah, can't I can't connect with that person. Yeah. So I think that's that's a big problem. I think, you know, starting them young. I was speaking to someone on the podcast the other day, like <laughs> sex ed books, getting children talking about I'm not children, but like, you know, talking about their body parts or like talking yeah. about 
when you get older about a man's pleasure and a woman's pleasure not just a man you know things like that that we don't talk about you know and it you know getting them while they're young (laughs) would be great because as as you get older and if you've been taught something your whole fucking life it's really hard to get out of the it's much more difficult to retrain your brain um so I think it starts with us people like you and I like just just sharping on about it until people are bored you know bored to death like (laughs) sex work is work and people do do it for a job just like lots of other people do and that's basically fucking it and if you've got an issue or you have any questions go and ask one go and ask someone who does it for a job that's all you can do is educate yourself you know Mm. um so yeah it is it is really fucking sad but hopefully after corona we'll all realize that there's worse things in the fucking world than hating on strippers yes you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Has anyone ever had a, a savior complex towards you? A what? Sorry. A oh, savior, savior complex. We <laughs> <laughs> roll my eyes even slower. Like. <laughs> um, yes. What's a girl like you doing in a place like this? Yeah, I'll I don't be know, making a shit ton of money. Fuck. <laughs> Raping you for all your cash? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I don't. I it it is one of those things that yeah we talk about a lot and it's it never will end I don't know whether it is I mean I've never experienced it from a woman a woman's never said that to me but a man lots of men have and it maybe it is just that kind of trying to subtly put a woman down making them feel like they need saving you know that kind of like a woman should be in the house I don't know all that crap I yeah it it happens it has happened countless times if I had a pound for every time I was told or said that to I would be a very wealthy woman mm. very you know yeah. I should have I should have had a savior complex jar so if anyone <laughs> ever came around I'd be like put some money in it you're not the first one to say that to me asshole um yeah yeah the thing that's crazy thing. about it though is like it if they think that sex work is such a horrible thing then why are they employing you it's like well it's like um men who are like porn stars are dirty or like they're a type of woman but they get their watch porn they'll pay for porn but yet they won't understand or speak to a porn star about it it's like i'm sure women feel the same it's like some women um men people humans they just just don't you know they'll They'll think one, they'll, I mean, I've had a lot of women come into the club like, oh, well, I'd love to be a stripper. I've, I've always thought about doing it. Tell me about it. But then you'll see the same woman when you're on the stage whispering to a friend and laughing or like giving you the sh- giving you shit. You know what I mean? So it, there's yeah. two sides. You get bitchy in those sorts of situations. It's just, I think it must stem from insecurity, really, to be honest. But um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, the savior complex is a huge thing. Huge. Yeah. It's great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, now tell me about your podcast. Tell me about stripper stories. Yes. I mean, I started it in in uh, lockdown. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people started podcasts in lockdown. I was one of those. So did I. Because- <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, it was just talking about all my funny customer stories. Basically, that's how it started off. And I, you know, all my friends are like at parties. You're like the one that always gets out the sex chat. Just fucking save our ears from it and put it on a podcast. I'm like, great. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Everyone was like, shut the fuck up, Chloe. Stop talking about anal. So now I do it every day. 
I do it on a podcast instead. So if anyone wants to hear about my arsehole and other people's arseholes, or just the best sex toy on the planet, or how to get into sex work, it's just basically filth and sex. And just men come on it, girls come on it. Anyone can come on the podcast and talk about whatever they want. It's kind of a Joe Rogan sex vibe thing. <laughs> it's just like whatever you want to talk about, basically. If it's interesting yeah. to me, it's interesting to everyone else. So, yeah, it's non-judgment. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it's a lot it. of yeah. fun. I've listened to a few episodes and you just seem oh. to be having a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's just a great outlet for my for my sex chat. <laughs> yeah. I really do enjoy it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... I feel like part of it you sort of mentioned it earlier is that trying to normalize sex work um, yeah. and, and just getting it out there. So is that, have you seen, what reaction have you seen from people? Do you feel like you're sort of getting there a little bit with that? Yeah. I mean, from, from the emails and DMS I get every week to people being like, Oh my God, what's your favorite? Um, I mean, I literally had it yesterday. It was like, what, what would you suggest? for the best lingerie to buy for Valentine's day. Um, I would love to know your thoughts on that. I'm like, that's great. You have to ask me that shit, but I'd love to tell you. Or it would be like, oh, I don't know. Um, what would be the best butt plugs to, to buy for a anal training kit? I'd be like, great. We'll talk to you about that. Or there's men coming on the podcast who don't really talk about sex and they're very awkward. But by mm. the end of the like 45 minutes that we talk, they're just like, anal this penetration that. And I'm like, wow, I've actually like, I've got there, you know, with someone. Where oh, that's just, awesome. You know, so that's that's pretty sweet for me, um, especially with dudes, because they are a bit more cagey about talking about sex, I think, sometimes. Especially Probably a with woman. a woman who is a pro as well, like, and you know, know what you're that. doing, whereas, like, you know, with another guy, maybe they'd be a bit more, more chill about talking about it, but maybe they're a little intimidated. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Or maybe it's just, like, you can talk crassly with me. I love to talk about dangler dicks. <laughs> and I love to talk about big old balls and it's fine and it's okay okay we're not just talking about like you know the the sub level of it it's got to be fucking dirty and let's get down to it you know so um yeah it's almost like starting them while they're on stripper stories and letting them out into the world like yes now you can carry on talking about it I release you yeah amazing exactly yeah <laughs> um you you mentioned earlier that you you went to drama school. Do you think that you'll ever go back into acting, or are you like set like love sex work? Gonna just keep doing this till the day I die. You know what? No. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a great job to dip dip back into once you're in it. You know, it's kind of like a part of you almost. It sounds really cryptic and weird, but yes, that's the truth. Um, I. I would love to, but I mean, the way the world is right now and like with things being cast shot, um, like I said, the theatres haven't been open for nearly a year here. The theatres are closing down. Like I love live theatre and I always have. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things you think would love to, but I'm not going to fucking hang on for the rest of my life for it. You know, it gets past the point when you can be cast as, as something you want to be cast at. Right. So I don't know we'll see I mean if something comes up I've got an agent you know if I'm still like in the in the world so we'll see but at the moment the podcast is my life yeah. I'm loving it so while staying at home is just oh it's lovely <laughs> sex is way more fun than acting yeah absolutely <laughs> and um 
uh, we're getting close to the end here, but I always like to ask a random question of each Ooh. of my guests uh, okay. before the end of the episode. And so my question for you is what animal would you like to be reincarnated as? That's super freaking easy. A cat. <laughs> I had the exact same answer. Yes, I knew you would. I knew you would. I was like, yes, my girl. No, seriously, cats. I mean, there's no more perfect animal on the planet than a cat. Yeah, I just seriously. think, like, when I thought of this question, I was like, you know, I feel like I should say, like, you know, a bird so you can fly or, like, some exotic animal. But I'm like, cats just get to, like, nap and eat <laughs> and play. And that's... assholes. You know, we should yeah. basically just have a really, really big cat complex. And that's what I will have, <laughs> you know? Literally, just fuck off, human. Love me, human. Fuck off, human. Like, that's basically what happens every day in my house. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. bye, bye. <laughs> nice quick I don't think anyone has ever answered the random question that quickly and I loved it <laughs> oh yeah and my final question for you is one that I ask everyone that comes on the show the show is called loud and seemingly confident because that's how I once described myself do you yeah. consider yourself a confident person yes and no I mean it depends what situation I'm in around a poll yes in a boardroom full of people talking about atoms? Absolutely not. So, you know, it really depends where you put me. And a pack of cats, that would be my ideal home. And, like, if you, <laughs> you want to see my confident self. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I've had to work on it, you know, being a confident person. I'm not yeah. naturally the most confident person. No matter, you know, we've both done, you did musical theatre, I've done musical theatre. It's like stage presence, all of that shit. I had to work on, you know. Yeah. didn't naturally come to me. So, so, yeah, I'd say half and half. I'm working on it. Yeah, working on yeah. it. Working Very on nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Dream boat. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Honestly, thank you very much. I can't wait to hear the episode as well. Oh, I'll have thanks. you back on mine. Pardon? I'd love to have you on mine. Yes, I would love that. Be fantastic. Yes. Um, and and thank you for everyone for listening. Um, please subscribe, leave a review, share it, all of those things. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Jaheeney, or you can follow the podcast at Loud and Seemingly Confident, both on Instagram and Facebook. Chloe, where can people find out more about uh, you and your podcast? Yeah, we have a Twitter, which is Stripper Stories Pod, or we have Stripper Stories Podcast on Instagram. So find me on there, whole bags. Beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, and everybody else, we'll see you next week. Bye.